At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I'm coming home. Hello and welcome to Eyes on Isles, episode number 18, the Ryan Strom edition. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. It's the Belmont edition, Mitch. <laughs> Yay, Belmont! Yeah. We did it. We finally oh, we did it. We so did it. If this was an explicative podcast, if we had the E-rating, oh man, it would be laced with explicatives of joy right now. Oh my god. As you could tell by Mitch's voice, he's obviously just been screaming his little heart out all day long. Oh. He's excited. I'm excited. We should probably do our formal intros because I don't even think I said our full names. I'm Matt O'Leary, the voice you are hearing. He is Mitch Anderson, and you'll try to hear his voice. It's it's a little bit gone today, but we'll power through. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to get through it. I'll get a little bit closer to the microphone so everyone can hear me in my destroyed voice. After yelling so hard in vain, because no one knew what the heck was going on here in Canada. No one had any idea. Like, <laughs> the Islanders just won an arena, and they're like, I don't understand. Don't they already have one of those? And it's like, no, you don't understand. But we'll, we'll get to all that stuff later. Oh, I'm so happy, Matt. I'm so happy. The Islanders uh, made my day today. Yes, they did. And we're going to get into that for the long topic. So we're going to hit the pause button on that. And we're going to get to these last three games. Oh, do we have Mitch, to? I know. We're going to have to, like, 180 spin zone it to negative time because it's been pretty ugly the last three. It's been real ugly. Uh, well, I mean, not real ugly, but it's it's been, like, yesterday's loss was ugly. Um, but other than that, it hasn't necessarily been ugly, I'm going to say. Uh, I guess that's not true. Columbus was bad. That was bad. Columbus was pretty bad. I mean, they gave up 16 goals in three games. That That's oh, not good. My God, that's that's so bad. Oh, what is that? Five and a third per game? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you are not going to win hockey games that way. Even if your team scores five goals on average per game, which they haven't been doing. They've been scoring less than four, um, which should still in and of itself win you hockey games. When you score four goals a game, you should be able to win a hockey game. And they're not doing that because, like you said, they're letting in five and a third per game in the last three. This, this is insane. It's absolutely insane. This can't... Oh, that, this, that, that's clearly my takeaway is that however this team scores and however good that first line is, it just, it's just not enough. It's not enough because we have abject goaltending. No, and that's kind of the biggest takeaway that I had, too, that all this time we've been saying, okay, because uh, they're scoring, they can get away with this. And it was working for a while, but I think it kind of ran its course, and now we're seeing what this team could really look like if the scoring even just quiets down even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the goaltending is just that bad that they it, they can't get by with you know average scoring. No. Which is a huge problem. Like you need to be able to count on the fact that if you score three goals, you can win a game. And they're not able to do that because they can't count on their goaltending. And, and I know Doug Waits has faith in his goaltenders. He kind of has to because his hands are tied. Um, what else are you going to do? But 
this, the, the, the team is still performing. This, the team is still doing what it needs to do on the offensive side of things. But on the defensive side, including the goaltending, it's just not getting it done, and it's not getting any better. If anything is getting worse, that, that, that show against Detroit, that was bad. That was real bad. The Isles dominated that game through the first two periods of play. Just by the shots, it was like 32 to 10 shots-wise, I think, at one point, which is insanity. But still, somehow, the Red Wings were able to put in five goals with Grice in net and then the empty netter for a sixth. I, It's almost at a loss for words at this point because we feel like we talk about it every week, but it's... It's still a big story every week. It's not resolved. No, and, and, and that's the thing, right? Is we, we go into every week saying, okay, they're good. it's going to get resolved. We have to have faith. And, and at a certain point, you want that faith uh, repaid. Uh, it's just not happening. It's just not happening. And, and again, what are they going to do? And, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. So, Because we, we, we have here as a short topic to talk about goaltending separate of the last three games. And I feel we're spending a lot of time talking about the goaltending as it is. But for you, in those three games, is one point enough? I say facetiously. No, no, no it's not. It's enough. not. It's certainly not. Not in a metropolitan division where you need to 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 put up more than what a third point per game. Like you can't keep going at this pace and hope that you're going to keep in a playoff position. That's just not going to happen. No, it's it's not. Especially, like you said, in in this competitive division, the Islanders are in fifth right now, and Pittsburgh's not too far behind. So you gotta you gotta turn around and fast. That's true. Like that's insane that the Islanders are still in a playoff position, even though they've gone three, six, and one in their last ten. But like you said, Pittsburgh's only two points behind, and Philadelphia's four points behind with a game in hand. And they've gone 6-3-1. and one. Like, Philadelphia's coming back into this thing. They were at the bottom. They're coming for the top. Like, that's how tough this division is. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think of other things that we should talk about from these last three games. And how about to me... F- sorry, I'll let you go. I was going to say, do you think that... Steve Bernier should be up here. One hundred percent win percentage. Um, no, I, I guess if he's going to be playing four, fourth line minutes, sure, why not? I don't care. If he's taking Chimera out of the team because Chimera isn't doing anything, yeah, why not? That's fine. If he's not playing third to second line minutes or first line minutes, how God, hopefully not. Then whatever, I don't care. I really don't. As like we started the show, you know what? I obviously looked at our running order and stuff like that, but we completely forgot, and I completely forgot until we started the show, that before, in, in the time since we last talked, do you know what happened? No. Well, I'm sure I, I, I do, but I'm not sure what you're hinting you're at. You're not going to remember. No. The Islanders sent down Josh Hosang. Remember that? Oh, God. I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up, Matt. This is supposed to be a happy day. This is no, to- I'm gonna bring it up. I they almost, you know what this is? I think this was a ploy. They're like that blogger Matt O'Leary has been so upset about Josh Hosang being sent down. We're just gonna drop this Belmont news at him, and then Shannon Hogan was just like, you know what? I'm gonna tee something else big coming up at 8 p.m. That just never happened. There's a rerun of the same press conference. So I was, I was sitting around waiting. I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna loop me in. I, I believe John Tavares is gonna resign today. It's gonna be unbelievable. And then they almost had me forget about Josh Hosang. It almost worked, but then we started the show, and I remembered I was mad about something earlier in the week, and I don't see it on this running order, and then I remembered it's Josh Hosang in Bridgeport yet again. That's what it was. Now now my memory is sparked. Oh, you are woke. You are see, woke. It just shot me out of a cannon. I, I'm raring to go now. Okay. Um, do you want to talk a bit about Hosang before we get to any other topics? Yeah, because I don't see him anywhere else on this list, and I, I, would, I would like to vent a little bit. Okay. I'm going to give you five seconds to vent, and then I'll interject about what I think about this this whole Josh Hosang thing. Go. It's incredibly stupid to send him down, and <laughs> I hate everyone who tweets at me saying that I'm wrong. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. That, that, that's, that's my main point. 
And then you're probably going to play your devil's advocate middleman, Mitch, and I'm just going to throw my microphone <laughs> off my wall. I don't, so I, I don't want you to break your microphone. Um, no, I, I also think it's dumb. Uh, I'm not really sure why they did that necessarily. Was it because he had another bad game or two because of turnovers? Okay, fine. Is he is he really going to learn that? I, I I honestly think they're just they're trying to do whatever they they think they can do to boost him up. I don't know how this is going to work. Like they, they've done this how many times with him, and it's not working. It's not giving you the result you want. So either get rid of him because you don't think you can get what you want out of him, or try something else. Maybe try a positive approach. I, I I'm assuming they haven't tried that because I don't know. But it seems that they're very willing to do the negative approach, which is I send you down, I send you out. I get you away. I don't give you the thing you want, which is NHL time. Okay. How about they put him with capable line mates? Like that. Like that's mind-blown <laughs> right there. I just had an epiphany. Why don't you put him with someone who isn't hibernating and someone who could actually score, not six points, Anthony Beauvillier? How about that? And, and that's what I'm saying with, with the, positive, uh, the, the positive approach, right? Okay, well, that's not working. Let's try something different rather than we're putting you here. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Okay, that's fine. But that your approach to sending him down because it's not working also is not working. Right? Like at some point, something has to break. And if someone tells me, yeah, well, he's being paid to play and he's not playing up to their performance. Why should they give him more? Okay, fine. But what, what good does it serve you keep putting him back down and keep putting him back down? Like if anything, if anything, you don't like him, and you can't trade him for as much as you'd like anymore because the potential is ruined because everyone's seeing you send him down, send him down, send him down. Build up your assets. Build up your assets. I don't mind if the if the Islanders tried this once, twice, and after the second time it worked, but it's clearly not working. I don't imagine it's going to work again. I hope it does. No. I don't imagine it will. I think he's going to go down to Bridgeport, tear it up like just like he did the last time. He had six points in six games, then he's going to be right back up here. Uh, the thing that I don't get is the people defending this. Why would you ever give the Islanders the benefit of the doubt when it comes to prospect development, Mitch? How many times have we seen prospect development go wrong with this team? And their approach with things. I think. So why are we giving him the benefit of the doubt? I think people have solace in the fact that there's Matthew Barzal. He is the exception. It's like, well, they can develop him. You're like, oh, okay, I guess, sure, a one in, not a one in a lifetime, but a one-off gem. Yeah, sure, there's an exception to the rule, but there's also the 90% of players that aren't the exception to the rule that you have to still develop. You can't wait for that diamond in the rough every five. What is it? Tavares was, was drafted in 09, and he was drafted in 15. So is that six years? You can't wait every six years for one player to develop. You can't do that. That's not how it works. Or hope that if you draft one, he sticks around for eight years, he pans out eventually. Like, that's not a way to develop a player. Right. That's the thing. Like, Hosang was taken late in the 2014 first round, correct? Late 20s? 28th, I believe, overall. 28th. All right. When was Anthony Beauvillier taken? I believe also 28th. Okay, so why is no one talking about Anthony Beauvillier giving you nothing offensively? And the focus is just on, well, Josh Hosang's a first-round pick. He should be performing. Like, There's so many double standards when it comes to this, and I think that's what really bothers me the most. To be fair, I think uh, Anthony Beauvillier's defensive game is maybe a little bit stronger than Hosang's. And so there's less to pick at when it comes to that. Like, yes, he's not producing a ton, but you're like, well, he's still a serviceable NHL player on the defensive side. There's a lot more value in defense than you think, unfortunately. I guess you're right. I was not like, and I'm not meaning to pick on Beauvillier. I, I like him as a player. I was just like trying to point out the hypocrisy in some of these takes. Yeah, I, you know, and I, th- I honestly think it's I just think- that there's more there, there's that upside to the defensive thing, and people are able to cling on to that with reason to say that. Well, Bovilia isn't bad defensively, and he's okay offensively. I'd rather an okay offensive, good defensive, rather than a good offensive, bad defensive. I think that's really it. It just bothers me. I know. I know. It bothers me, too, because you're like, well, there's so much offensive upside. If you keep him around, he will learn the defensive side of things. He will learn that. Teach him that. Take, get him on that. 
there's there's a way to get him to do those things. The turnovers might not stop. <clears throat> they can they can diminish in the, the the frequency, but they won't stop outright. That's just not going to happen. Um, and if you don't like that, that's fine. You don't have to like that because you know what? You can trade him. You can do things. I'm not advocating for a trade, but I'm just saying as an organization, they have that recourse available to them. If he's not doing what he they think they can do, or he wants them to, or, they, or sorry, if he if they don't think he can do what they want him to do, they can trade him. He still has that potential. He still has that that um, that return on investment that they could use to get, say, a goaltender or another defender. Now that Calvin Hahn is out for the season, likely, or maybe not. Um, like he still has that potential that someone is going to pay something decent to get him. Yeah, I definitely think. I mean, if Jordan Everly for Ryan Strome, can you imagine what you can get for Josh Hosang? There's only one Peter Shirelli in the world. Get him on the horn, baby. Let's go, Garth. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Oh, man. Oh, man. Please do it. Please do it. Although, there's a roster freeze now. There's the Christmas right. roster freeze, so ain't no trades happening right now. Did you have anything else on the last three games? I know we kind of like went way off the rails a little bit, but we you're gonna love me in there. No, you're right. It was, it was we. I, I facilitated it very much so. Uh, my last takeaway is their fir- their game in the first period. They played a terrible first period in Columbus. They played an okay first period in in Los Angeles, and they played a good first period against Detroit. Like it, it seems to be getting better and better. Because for the first part of this month, it was god awful. Like they were, there were there was three games where they had less than five shots on net in the first period, and in one against Tampa Bay, they had two, two, oh. and then three, three shots total, one missed. That's all they did. That's that's all the offense they generated in that game against Tampa in the first period. Like that can't happen. As soon as you get out of the gate, you should be jazzed to go. I could understand a little bit against Tampa Bay because it was a back-to-back. But still, two, that's still not enough, even on a back-to-back night. But they're, they're getting better in that first period, and I hope that their next game, they'll be able to have a decent first period again. So it's again at home, against Anaheim, have a good first period. And I, I want to see that, that continuation of the first period evolve. Okay. I definitely... I mean, obviously, the three shots in a first period can't happen. That's atrocious. No. Uh, but if they are continually improving in that area, that's obviously a positive sign to take away. Uh, still, the one and two left a real sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, that is no uh, good. No bueno. Uh, so, so hopefully they kick things into gear as they play Thursday night. That's correct. Time. And... If you are going to the game, please give Ledecky a standing ovation. Oh my! Because you know they got to put him up on this on the jumbotron. Just give him a standing <sighs> O. Just, 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 just initiate it anyways. Even if he's not being put up on the O, on, on the big jumbotron, just get up there and applaud and applaud. Ledecky Malkin, just Malkin's not around. Maybe if you, you hung out a bit, Malkin, we, we'd say your name a few more times. No, this is the Ledecky show. It's been made pretty clear. Well, just because Malkin is not here, he's not one of those get his face out in front of the cameras type guy. This is very much Ledecky. Yes, but no, that, it is that's it's an true. equal partnership, right? So, very true. So, clap for both of them, please. Yes, please. Uh, our second topic for our short topic was the Calvin DeHaan injury that Mitch hinted at a little bit earlier. Uh, he could potentially be done for the year, which is obviously a monumental blow. To this Islanders team who already struggles defensively. Is it though? Mm. Uh oh. Yeah. All right. Go. Please go. So I I know that we've had our run-ins with Calvin. Um, we. How did this we get looped into this? <laughs> okay. I uh, I generally like Calvin Hahn as a player. I do. However, this season, yes, he's played a lot of ice time, and that in and of itself is going to be tough to split amongst the lineup. But if you look at just his Corsi four in terms of five on five, he's the seventh best on the team out of eight. That's not good. We all assume Dennis Seidberg, no good. 
right? No good, Corsi, but bad. He's got a 42.3% Corsi 4 in 5-on-5 situations. Calvin Hahn is 49.07, right below him. Or sorry, just just above him. Um, His goal scored per 60, however, is pretty good. So in terms of offense, he's doing a lot, but he's not doing enough to generate the puck getting out of the zone and towards the offensive zone. I'd like to see more from him in, in terms of that. Uh, and so in, in that regard, in him missing time, well, we're giving more time to guys like Thomas Hickey, who has missed a ton, of, maybe not a ton, but enough games, and he's still sporting a positive Corsi, just barely. Um, we're going to see more time for guys like Ryan Pulak, who has the best Corsi four on the team. Um, this isn't uh, based off of how many appearances, though, so per 60, I'm not sure how that works out to but he still has the highest Corsi four on the team. So I, I'm okay with this in, in, a, in a sense. Like I, I get where Doug Wade is coming. Like This is bad. I don't want to lose a player to injury. I certainly don't want to see a player get injured, but we have enough players on this team that can step up and take that role. Mitch, I feel like that's a hot take. What? Because the coach already I- said it. It's not even just for me. The coach said it already. No, 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 no. Your your take, I'm saying, is a hot take. What take is that? That we have okay players losing a losing a top four defenseman is fine. Is is what I got out of that? That the Islanders will be fine with losing. Well, I said no. I didn't defenseman. say losing any top four defenseman. I said losing Calvin Hahn is is going to be okay. Okay, losing a second pairing defenseman. You're you're making it very general, and I'm being very specific. Losing Calvin Hahn is going to be okay. Don't 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 say like. Oh, if, if John Tavares goes out for for a game, we'll be okay. That means we can play without a superstar for the rest of the year and win. No, that's not what I'm saying. It's very, very specific what I'm trying to say here. Is that missing Calvin Hahn right now is going to be okay. I would like to have him back because I think he's better than the stats show. He showed that last year. I think he's better than what's showing right now. But as it stands before he went out, he wasn't playing that well. And I think that we have players that can eat up those minutes and play as well, if not a little bit better. Mitch, yeah. I, I I don't believe you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just based off his track record, I'm just a little bit more comfortable with Calvin DeHaan in the lineup than not in the lineup. Would I like to see... I know Kate wrote about bring up Devontae's and, and guys like that. Uh, eventually, yes, I, I think the Islanders need to see these guys and what they have or Sebastian Ajo, but Calvin DeHaan's an already established NHL player. You you know what you're getting out of him. He's just, he's pretty solid second pairing to defenseman, which they don't really grow on trees, in my opinion. Uh, if it was a third pairing guy, I could understand that argument a little bit more, but I think you're minimizing his importance a little bit just based off a slow start to this year. I think you're looking at too small of a sample size. Yeah, but that's all I have to go on, right? If I'm going to project what he could do while injured, what he did last year, that's not necessarily accurate either. I'm at least using a current sample size, however small, to say what we're looking at, what he's done so far is this. And so I could then feasibly project over the course of the next coming games that he would have done what he did already this season, not what he did last year. It's possible he could do that, but it's more likely that he continues in the form that he's on right now. I, w- okay, I want well, him to get better. I really, I, I want Calvin uh, Hahn to be good. All right. Okay. And he's been, hold okay, on. Okay, hold on. We're going to debate a little bit. All right. All right, Corsi, tough guy. Uh, do you know what his Corsi, the CF percentage was last year for him? I'm going to say 51.3. No, 48. So it was worse than what it was there this year. There you go. So take your little advanced statistics <laughs> and go home. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry that he was bad last year, I guess. <laughs> he wasn't bad last year. You're just like using, you're manipulating like these stats. Okay, well then like, what? Oh, I'm going to spin zone it into my argument. You're becoming an Isles realist, Mitch. No, you're just like, I'm going to. Oh, that was low. That was low. <laughs> so what is what is your metrics then for good? Was it just an eye test? Was it he put up 25 points so he was good? Is that it? Um, I would say it's a mix of points and eye test. Okay. So what it's do you what do you see that he well, did well? 
What is it that you saw? Because to last, me, he had a hard time. Last year or this year? This year. To me, it was getting out of the zone. He's been having a hard time getting pucks along the boards and out. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. Well, if you were going to go on the points perspective, now I got Now you're making me do math. Yeah, he's on pace whole... for 29.8 points. Okay, so... I just did it. All right, so he's on 29.8? Which is... Did you say? Yes, so 30, 30. So he's on pace for 35 more than he did last year. Although, obviously, that's going to change because he's injured, but still. I think you're being too hard on, on our boy. Maybe. Maybe I'm being too hard. Although, I, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to think that some of these guys can step in and do an okay job. Like, do, do we think that Ryan Pula can put up 30 points in NHL? Adam Pellick yes. is close to that. He's He's got 11 and 30. What is that, putting him on pace for 32? You got the calculator in front of you. I put it away because oh, yeah, you get the math already on, for me. Matt. Jeepers creepers here. 11 divided by 30. No, that's not right. 11 divided by 30 times 82. 30 points. He's on pace for almost the same thing as Calvin DeHaan. Okay, so are you saying that you'd rather Adam Pellick in the lineup than Calvin DeHaan? I'm not. See, you're, you're, you're putting it into a question of <laughs> would I rather instead of debating the question that's ahead of us is that are we going to be okay with who we have with Calvin DeHaan out? And the answer is yes. And it's not if, if Calvin DeHaan no longer existed or wasn't even on this team or would I rather have Pellick than, than, than DeHaan? That's not the question. It's do we have the players to fill in the hole that we have with Calvin DeHaan out? And the answer is yes. Okay, so then are you then saying that they should not re-sign him because he is only on a one-year deal? So he is going to be a free agent at the end of this year. I think like everyone else, it depends on the amount. It depends right? on the amount. So would you would you sign him to a long-term deal? Do you think this hurts his value with this injury? Oh, obviously it does. If he was going to put up 30 points and have a record year and he was on not on pace, but on the verge of signing what could have been a $5 million deal, that's what he was asking for at least, with 25 points last year, then yeah, he's probably costing him some money, unfortunately. Um, that's just how it happens. It's a risk he took, and you always want to bet on yourself. I understand why he took the risk. Um, you always want to bet on yourself. You always think you're going to do better. And he, and he was. He was in line for a pretty darn good payday at the end of the season. Um, and in that case, I don't think the Isles keep him. I really don't. I think they let him walk. So you think Calvin DeHaan has played his last game as a New York Islander? Sorry, I, I was saying that, and I, and I was burping at the same time, and I didn't want to do that on the microphone and be rude. Um, I think if, if if he continued in this pace and he played a full 82 games or a full season, he'd be too expensive for the Islanders to keep. But at this rate, they might be able to get him at a, what is he making now, 3.3, I think it was, for a year? Yeah, I think so. I think they can get him at between 3.5 and 4 for, let's say, 40 years. And I think they'd be comfortable with that number. And I think he would, too. I think he'd take it. Hmm. So at that price point, I think you take him. That is my, that, that's what I'm saying. This is what I'm getting at. To your answer is, if the price point is 3.5 to $4 million over four years, no more, then I'm okay with that. Okay, you you heard it here first, guys. As per Mitch Anderson, the Islanders don't need Calvin. <laughs> That's what we got out of the segment. <laughs> now he's gonna hear that, and he's gonna want to put another pie in my face. And oh man, no, I'm just teasing, of course. But uh, certainly, the Islanders are going to have to make a change. As of now, they'll probably just rotate in what they have. I don't expect them to call up. A taze or an aho or anything like that. I don't think you do either. You're shaking your head no. No. So not yet anyways. It's the games are too important to risk them on, on a rookie and, and like they need the development. They don't need to come in and play nine minutes a night kind of thing. Yeah. Which I that's think, what I think anyways. Uh, that is also Yeah, I definitely think uh, that's a fair one. Do you want to get into the goalies a little bit and the save percentage more specifically? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Okay. Um, it's not good. They have the lowest save percentage now in the entire league. It's under nine. Oh, oh my god! I think it's eight nine two to be exact. I'm gonna look it up right now because I didn't did it this morning. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's eight nine two. Um, 
bad, especially considering this goaltending tandem should have been at the very least NHL average. At the very least. And they're not. <clears throat> like, not even close, right? Grice is sporting his 3-8-3 goals against average in 17 games started with an 8-8-3 save percentage. Halak, with the same sample size, 17 games started, has a 297 goals against average and a 905 save percentage. Like, better, considerably better than Grice, but still not NHL average. No, not even close. I like their records are pretty close. Halak's got a nine eight and one, and Grice is a nine five and two. Like they're pretty, they're pretty same caliber type of goalie. Grice is clearly the worst of the two statistically. Although remember, Grice is the only goalie who actually won us points um, based on his his play alone. Right? There's two games earlier this year where he against St. Louis and um, San Jose where he won us the game because of his play. Halak hasn't done that, but he's been more consistent of the two, right? Whereas Grice has not been. And now the question is, what the heck do we do about it? We're getting to a point in the season where it's getting too late to be letting in this many goals. No, it's scary to think that already there has been six occasions where Thomas Grice has allowed five goals or more. Yeah. It's happened six times already. Out of the that's absurd. eight times it's happened to the team in total. So that's uh, three times in the last, what, four games they've allowed more than five goals against or five, more, five or more goals against. That's not going to win you hockey games, which is the whole point of this thing. The whole point. Oh, my God. This is so bad. And you have them under contract for, what, two more years? <laughs> yes. Two more years at 3.3, if I'm not mistaken. Or 3.5. That's scary. If he's continuing down this road, he you can't put him in. You have to ride out Halak for now. Yeah, sorry, 3.3, not 3.5. Yeah, you, ha- you have to keep going with Halak. He's clearly the better of the two. Keep riding him right now. That's that's really it. I understand how some, someone came after me saying that I, I'm, I'm a Grice sympathizer. And while I certainly support our goalies... Or I try to at least, and I and I certainly write out when they've done a, a clunker. I'll I'll write it out. Um, but I I'm no no such way a Grice sympathizer. I, I I like what he did last year, and he deserved the contract he got. He's just not doing that this year at all, and not even close to it. Um, I don't know what's happened. Maybe having three goalies help these guys. I don't I don't understand. I don't I don't know what's happening because we've removed any of the negative variables or more of the negative variables surrounding their situation, yet they're worse. We've made the situation better. We Garth has made the situation better, but they're worse. How does that even work? How does that work? I don't understand. I, I, I know. know. Questions. Reasons. Who knows? And like some of these goals that they're letting in are just so fundamental Sometimes, like what? Are you, like you're not far out enough, or you're not challenging the goal, the the, the shooter enough, or you're challenging away too much and it's bouncing off the boards, and the guy right on on the edge of the crease is just free net to bounce it in. Like, oh, <coughs> I don't understand. I don't. <clears throat> and and now we're the worst in the league in that position. Great. And Doug Wade is clearly getting frustrated with it because he keeps being asked about it and last night oh he was so on Tuesday night he he snapped at the reporter for asking (laughs) Arthur Staple oh it was Arthur Staple it was Arthur yeah he got um, he got some flack for it come on Arthur Arthur like uh, and he had to explain himself a few times like I I have faith in our guys and he kept playing out the PR line because he's got to he's got to support his guys but they're really not bailing him out they're not making his job easy I feel like that was a fair question. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Arthur Staples well in his right to ask that question. It's just, like you said, I think he was just really, really frustrated and, and didn't want to field that answer anymore or that question. But you have to when you lose 6-3 against Detroit where you were dominant. You have to ask that question. Yeah. For when your goalie has let in five goals for the nine millionth time, yes. you probably are going to get field questions <laughs> asking, are you still confident in his play? <clears throat> yeah. At least you you have to you have to ask that question. Although let's be real, if I was in that position, I would be so afraid to ask Doug Wait that question 
That's because I feel like he, he'd jump over the podium and just rip me into two pieces and then spike me on the floor. He would probably just say, who the heck is that guy? And then go to the next question. Which is which is just as bad. <laughs> yeah, that probably makes me feel just as bad. Yeah. Because then, then, oh, that would be bad. That would be bad. Uh, but so what, what, what do the Islanders do? What do, do they trade for goalie? Or do they get said goalie? What do they give up to get a goalie? Um, does it ruin what they have going right now uh, in, in terms of offense? <sighs> well, I have a question for okay, you, actually. Good. If you do, and I don't know if you're going to know the answer to this, but we'll, we'll see what you think. If you do trade for a goalie, you then have to carry three goalies, correct? No. Why? Well, you, you're why? assuming because then who are you going to send down? That, that, you're going to You're assuming we don't give up a goalie. I'm not saying we do, but we. I assume you take a goalie off a roster. You have to give a goalie, generally speaking. Um, not always, because like Pitt, so then Pittsburgh just did it, tr- right? Pittsburgh just picked picked up Michael Layton. Maybe that's the guy we should have gone after, and and all they needed was what a couple. Like a fourth round pick, I think it was, to get Michael Layton? No, that was for Alexiak. I think they still gave up a conditional fourth and, and like some picks because it was like a few, there's a few moving pieces in, in, in that trade. Uh, but Michael Layton was, was the goalie they picked up. Why weren't the Islanders trying to do something like that? Oh. Like, I, I, I guess because then, like you're saying, do they carry three goalies? You kind of be forced to. Uh, like, no, who's training for your. Thomas Grice with his contract. Halak is... Phoenix, man. Or, sorry, Phoenix. Arizona. They'll take the money. I'm sure they will. So then who are you getting in return? Well, that I guess it would have been Michael Layton, but not so much anymore. Yeah. Unless they're willing to give us... Who else have they got there? Luis Domingue? Is that even a good option? Like is that a better option? I don't think so. I heard someone bring up, and this is obviously just on social media, so all speculation, uh, Nuevreth. Why would Philly do that? I don't know. Like, or Ryan Miller. Like, I feel like these are just like, I was like, let me find a name and throw it on a wall and see if it sticks. Yeah, I like Ryan Miller. I certainly do, except for the fact that I think Vancouver is still in a playoff position. I mean, I like... Ryan Miller in Wait, 2010. Is he still with Vancouver? Am I thinking of a different Ryan Miller? Because I don't see them him on the roster. I'm thinking of a... Oh, he's in Anaheim. Sorry. Yeah. He is... Wow. He's having a good year there. Yeah, I know. And a, a, a $2 million cap hit? You could do worse by keeping what you have now. Uh, I mean, that's assuming, assuming surely that, um, and I was willing to, to give him up and that we're not part of a, oh, he, he's got a modified no trade. Oh yeah. He's not, there's coming. no way. And it's a six team trade list. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no. No. why would he get a, why would he get a modified no trade? Cause he took a significant cap hit, I guess. Like two million. That's what was he making before that? He was making six before that, and he had a modified no trade there. Only five teams, so he he, he had to take an extra team. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how these things work out. This is ridiculous, but yeah, <clears throat> he was making six. He's making a third of the money, uh, and he can choose one extra team that he can go to. So that's kind of okay. nice. Um, yeah, I, I don't know who they go for. That That's just it. Like, that would have been a good one. If Anaheim's out of it and the Islanders are interested, I, maybe he makes the, the list. Maybe he waves that list. But pff, good luck with that. I don't think so. No, I don't think he would wave it for the Islanders just based on past players and history like that. So... Uh, we'll see, but I don't 
Do we know? Uh, do we have a solution? No. Obviously, trade for one while giving up one of ours. But good luck trying to find someone that we can take and someone who will receive what we're trying to give. But and that that's that's the hard part is finding one of those. Obviously, it's a, it's a team that's in a position to tank. So may, maybe Simeon Varlamov in, in Colorado. Maybe he needs another change of scenery. And maybe they'll want to take one of our goalies. Maybe they'll want Halak for the year. I don't know. I doubt it, but maybe. Like Shrug. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. We don't know. That's why we're not the general manager. That's why we just talk about these things. We speculate. That's a lot easier to do. Armchair GM. Yeah, that's right. No one's trusting us with decisions. They're just looking for us to talk a bit. No. All right, let's get into the long topic. Let's spin this into some positive talk now. The Islanders finally, 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 oh. finally, finally have a long-term Yes, home. yes, yes. Yes. They did it. Yes. Yes. Oh, we were waiting for like weeks to, for the wheels to come off. And then for like, I remember it was yesterday. There's still speculation that NYCFC were going to be going to this unveiling. And everyone went like, what? What? <laughs> they are doing what? No, no, no. this can't happen. Um, and sure enough, that was all just fake news uh, or maybe not fake news, but at least a, a rumor that didn't become true. Thankfully. Yes. Um, I said this in my article when the news leaked yesterday, and I wanted to get your take on it if you agree or not. I said outside of the team's inception and their four Stanley Cups, this is the biggest moment in their team's history. Biggest positive moment, obviously. Yes, not not negative. Then correct, because I would say the biggest moment is when they lost the referendum. I think in terms of shockwave to the fan base, that was probably the biggest one. Um, just because it was all just kind of like, what is going to happen now? What's going to, what, what all these questions and these unknowns and just like panic setting in. But this is jubilation of what could be, what can we do now? Oh my God, this is so amazing. Um, so yeah, I agree. It's a long way of saying that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's you. It's that big of a deal. If you're listening to this, you know it's a big deal because you're obviously an Islanders fan. But I know it's not Nassau Coliseum, and that's where some people are going to want to say, like, oh, yeah, that's where they should be playing. But this is clearly the best option as they are going to have a brand spanking new 18,000-seat arena that they can have the say in on the design. The MTA confirmed that the Long Island Railroad will be running there full time. Yeah. So this is fantastic all around. It is. So my question to you is, what does this mean now for the franchise? Like for the future. That they, I think it proves that they can have success because I think that's, always something that was dwelling on the back of everyone's mind. And I don't know. It's, they kind of made things seem like a circus because you're not yes, like, well, okay, is. where is it going to, where are we going to be? We don't even know where we're going to be playing. How could we possibly be looked at as a legitimate team in the NHL? And I think the Islanders, especially if Tavares resigns. Oh, please. Oh, my God. They could, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, cross everything oh you got, folks. But they legit, they have a great owner, it seems like. A stable arena and have pieces to build a contender. So I th- you're moving in the right direction. You are increasing up. Yeah. Um, for me, that that's what I wanted to get at. It was what I meant by what this what does this mean now is that we now have potential, and it, and and it's not. Sorry, that's not true. It's. <sighs> How do I want to, what, what's the word I want to use? Is that obviously we now have a home, we have a base, and we can finally get rid of those nomadic Islanders rumors, or not rumors, but jokes. And we can get rid of the rumors because we have the home now, and it's not Houston, it's not Seattle, it's not Quebec City, um, it's not uh, Hartford, it's Long Island. 
going back home to where they belong. Maybe not physically exactly in the, the like latitude, longitude exactly where they belong, but pretty darn close, a lot closer than they are now. Um, and it's on our terms. I think that's that's the big thing is that the Islanders finally get to decide their own future for like how long since Charles Wong put up the, the Lighthouse Project idea and le- left right. it up to the county to decide. Like how long has that been? It's been it's been a while. It's been a decade. I would say close to that. I'm not. I can't think of the year off the top of my head. Everyone is probably screaming it right now in their cars or wherever they're listening to this. And you're right. It's been that effing long. It's been so long that the Islanders' future hasn't been self-determined. Even at Barclays, they don't control the whole aspect of their organization, right? Sales. Um, Merchandising, maybe not merchandising, but um, ticketing and getting butts and seats. They don't control that. They don't control it. They get $50 million a year for it, but they don't control it. They finally have self-determination or will eventually once this is done. And that's huge. Exactly. And the thing that I wanted to mention is when you brought up the exact latitude and longitude quote. Yeah. It is the same block, remember? They both are off of Hempstead Turnpike. That's true. It's it's just a 15-minute difference. Is it like walking it's or driving? Driving. It's a it's oh, a yeah. few miles. Yeah. It's it's further it's further <laughs> west. Much further west. Yeah. Uh, for you. Thing. It's on the border of Queens, so you're almost you're about as far west in Nassau as you could possibly get, but it is right. still considered Nassau. That's right. So that that's huge. And so what does this mean for the team tomorrow going forward? We, we like we said, self determination. They should we say should be able to finally spend to the cap consistently every year. Um, they they should be able to bring in more people. Although like last night there was only ten thousand plus at the game. But how much of that is that people can't get to it or, or don't want to get on the LRR because it goes all the way into Brooklyn? They can finally drive to the game. Yeah, that's huge. Absolutely, that's a huge thing. Like in Ottawa, where I live, that's a big deal. People don't go to the game because they're like, well, I don't want to drive and I don't want to take public transportation because it takes forever. I'm not doing it. And I'm not saying that the public transportation is the same, has the same plights as in Ottawa as it does in New York City. But on a smaller scale, it kind of does, where it takes forever to get out where the Ottawa Senators play, it, it, whether you're driving or taking the bus. And we don't have light rail. They're just building light rail now. It's not even going to be operational till next year. Um, we only have buses at this point. So... Really? Yeah, we, we, oh, sorry. We do have light rail, but it goes north-south for like three stops. And okay. Ottawa's at the complete, the, the, the Senator's rink is at the complete west end of the city. Um, so we have those issues and people don't go. You've heard the plights of the Ottawa Senators. They can't turn out a crowd just like the Islanders because people don't want to go to the games. But you put that arena where people are or people want to go and have a method of transportation to get there huge saver that's going to bring a lot more people in yeah i know like me personally i'm going to drive to these games whenever the thing is built i'm going to tailgate just like before it'll be a good time and if you want to take the train you still can yeah so it's the best of both worlds yeah well maybe not for me so much specifically because when i come into new york i get to stay in brooklyn and there's stuff to do in brooklyn and i are you're gonna have to take me on a tour of queens and, and show me what needs to be done in Queens because I, I don't know what to do in Queens when I get there. Queen, yeah, actually, you should probably talk to Kate for that. She's like the Queens expert. I don't know if you ever looked at her Twitter page, but she gets into big rants about Queens versus Nash. Okay, I will make sure to do that then. <laughs> so definitely going to have to. I can give you a tour of the suburbs. I can give you all the whole... Nassau and nothing fun here. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll drive it. We'll drive around. Got some bagels, pizza. Listen to Billy Joel and. Uh, oh, I'm down. That sounds just, fantastic already. Okay, perfect. Oh, did you have anything else you wanted to add on on this? I, I had one other thing. We're already going over our 45 that we like to take, but we're not we're not Go doing for it. social. But I I think this is so important. Um, 
there is a little bit of negativity around this in that there is a lawsuit now being filed uh, against the uh, Empire State Development because they didn't consult with the community as they are. I think as the community feels they're supposed to. I'm not sure if they have any legal hold. Obviously, they think they do because they're filing a lawsuit. They want to be consulted because there's things that they wanted in this that aren't there, like housing. They wanted social housing or these affordable housing. Uh, and that's not anywhere in that in the, in the plan. No. As to be expected. Uh, why would the Islanders do that? No, but you're getting a nice building that's going to be used year-round. You're getting a hotel. You're getting shops, and merchant areas. So I know it's not the affordable housing that was in the initial want from that group, but I think it's still a positive sign for the community. Uh, Although, to, to be fair to the Islanders, uh, the bid never asked for that, right? Yeah. So they, they – they, made their plan based off the criteria that were set in front of them. Um, housing was never something put in there, as far as I can remember. No, so, so I think they're fine. I don't see an issue with that. Yeah. But on a back-to-positive note, Islanders got a new arena, baby. Woo! Woo! Oh, and, and you see the renderings. There's Islanders logos plastered everywhere. It's very clear that the New York Islanders will be playing there. It's very clear, that- unlike the Barclays Center. That's what I had for the social segment was the renderings. And obviously we can't show you the pictures because this is a podcast. It's only audio. (laughs) So if you've – we could talk about the pictures and what we've thought of the renderings. Mitch obviously seemed like a big fan of it. Huge fan. Huge fan. Did you see those suckers? There's the New York Islanders logos everywhere. Even on the – in the concourse, they had flags. They had everything. On the Jumbotron, it was everywhere. Even in – I think in the lead up to the arena, they had flags Beautiful. That's beautiful. And Mitch, the, the scoreboard was centered. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, it's amazing. Although there's something in that, like, that first bowl, it looked like they had cordon off, like, boxy type seats. I don't know. If you look at the renderings, it's the one of, of the ice and, 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 the, um, and the arena on the inside. And if you look to the bottom right along the glass, it. I don't know what that was. It looks like there's barriers around certain sections. I don't know what that's supposed to be. It looks weird. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't notice it on my first glance. I'm going to have to go back and look at it. Yeah. But overall, those the artist renderings, I thought the place looked pretty cool. Uh, it is literally like right off the train station because there was one of like the outside view. Yeah. And you see like the train platform. It's a little like right there. Amazing. It's so amazing, especially in the winter. You don't want to be running out a 15-minute walk to get to the train. You just want to get right out of the arena, right into the train, off home. That's what you want. Yeah, it seems like if you've ever taken the train to the Barclays Center and gotten out at Atlantic Terminal, it seems like a very similar distance from Atlantic Terminal to Barclays as uh, this setup here. Obviously, we are both stoked. Uh, This is a huge step for the team, a joyous day. (laughs) I mean, the press conference today, I watched it on my phone while at work. Uh, all the big shots were there, including Billy Joel, yes. which was really <laughs> funny. <laughs> They're just like completely pandering, but it works. Um, it should be good. I'm I'm so excited. I can't wait till they build it and it's done and we can watch a game in there. I can't wait. Yes, yeah, so we're definitely going to have to put that on the list of things for us to do is see a game at Belmont. On opening night, on opening night. I want to see it on opening night. Oh, my God. You wanna, you're want you going to make the trip down or you want to I'm anyway? I'm going to do my best to do it. It's, it'll be in October, not usually when I come down. I usually come down in February, but I'll do my best. All right, I'll hold you to that. So in October 2020 or 2021. Whenever. Whenever. We will be, be looking for that. Yes. So catch us there, maybe. The, so that was one of my things for the social that I wanted to go over. I did have one other okay. one, and I hope it doesn't turn into something too long. But an Isles writer was basically saying that John Tavares isn't performing like a first overall pick. What? And I and all of Isles Twitter took exception to this, and they went in. And I, I did research, Mitch. Did you know? And I researched. Yes. I looked at every single... First overall pick from 2009, the year that Tavares was selected, until this year. Okay. And he has the second highest 
points per game behind only Connor McDavid, and then nobody else is close after that. Who's got a two-year sample size? Sorry, three-year now. Right. And it's I think it was .94 or something like that over his career. Wow. Points per okay. game. I'm going to look it up because I want to get the numbers right and read off some of the other ones. But so we could that The writer look. in particular – when they referenced not perform, did they have that kind of metrics? Were they were they comparing it to something, saying he's not performing like other ones are? I think they're just kind of spewing nonsense without really providing any statistical backup, which is why okay. people why they got uh, called out so well, much. Ju- just just from like just thinking about it without even going into the numbers, it doesn't make any sense because, like you're saying, he, he he's a point per game player right now this season alone. So you're like, well, just on that merit alone, he is. Okay, I even made, I made a chart and embedded the chart in here. Oh. That's how handy I went. Wow. Okay. So, the, so first overall picks, I'm going to read them from 09 to 17. <coughs> Tavares is a .93 career points per game. Pretty solid. Yep. Then you have, in 2010, it was Taylor Hall, .86. Ryan Nugent Hopkins at 11 is a .67. Oof, Yakupov is a .44. There's bad. In 2012. Even Nugent that's... Hopkins wasn't good. No. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, .73. Okay. Aaron Ekblad, .42. Although, defenseman. Connor McDavid, 1.12, <laughs> which is bananas. Uh, Austin Matthews, .88. And Nico Hichier, 0.63, obviously with a small sample size. Yeah, very small. So, like, I don't know. If, if you go back in, like, a few years and, and, and take those, sure, but you can't go too far back because then you're in a different era to hockey. Like, you can't go further back than 04 or 05 when the game changed. Right, and that's why I just wanted to – look. I there's time limits on this <laughs> thing too. Like, obviously, we don't do this full time, so I was just trying to make the best possible thing. And I, I think, think you nailed it. We used how many years? Eight. Yeah, that's pretty good. Eight years. That's a pretty good sample yeah. size, no? And even if you only use seven, because like you said, Nico Hischer's got a very small sample size. That's still fantastic. That's still fantastic. Yeah. So where is where is this person coming from? And he plays a two-way game. Like, he's reinventing his defensive game <laughs> and still putting up a point per game. What is this person talking about? Oh. Why can't we all just get along, man, and just say that that JT is very, very good? I have why? I, well, I don't know. Opinions are opinions. I remember I used to have some bad opinions when I was young. I'm assuming this person is young. Um, no, they are not young. Oh no! It was it was Capolini from WFAN. Oh, buddy, come on now. Really, that's disappointing. Uh, okay. Well, on a sour note, that sucks. But that's all. That's yeah. all. I didn't have anything to add for the social segment. We can't end on that note. We gotta. We gotta end back. The Islanders got Belmont, yes. baby. Let's go. Woo! I wish I had my voice back. <laughs> uh, I can't yell uh, and scream and be my joyous vocal self. I have to be this scratchy hey. old man sound. Uh, like sounds like I just yeah, smoked you're... four packs of Belmonts. Which is this, a pack of cigarettes over here? I was gonna say, like, did you say Belmont yep. or Elmont? No, Belmont Miles. That's a thing. Yeah, when I when I thought it was okay. cool, that's what I used to smoke. You used to smoke again. Mitch? I used to think I was cool. So, oh my, we're learning so many things <laughs> just about Mitch, about Canadian life. Belmont cigarettes is a thing. It is. It like, is. I'll tweet it out. I'll tweet it out. A picture of Belmont Miles. Okay. I'll try to do it now, but anyways, you, you guys, you guys will see it later. Interesting. All right. Did you have anything else for this podcast? Not at all. I'm good. No. Okay. So we're just gonna go through one more time. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already subscribed. We do this every single week, rain or shine. That's true. Um, voice or no voice. Voice or no voice. In sickness and in health, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. Make sure to also visit our website. Every day we put up different content, eyesonisles.com. 
Give us a follow on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at, at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at T-L-O Mitch. That's correct. And also give us a like on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. Another episode in the books. Mitch, talk to you next week. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.